0: Ladies and gentlemen, now entering the basement wing in at 237 pounds, he is your host, the man in the mirror, Jordan Tyler Wallenberg. Welcome to Wall... Listening, baby. Ah! Woo! It's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's Old Walls, and I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know about you guys, but I'm fired up about that. After that intro from my man, Big Kev. Thank you, Kevin, for that uh, incredible new intro that we got for this week. I know he's been telling me that he may have uh, more in the bank to just keep sending my way to, to customize some. So thanks for the great intro. Appreciate it. It's uh, your main man and host, Old Walls here back again. Episode 56 coming your way this week. As always, I want to just start off saying thank you guys. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate you guys support. Uh, I'm always having a blast doing this. So I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. Like I say that, I think I say that every week, but uh, I really mean it. Hope you guys are having fun. Cause I am. You know what we gotta do we gotta do the housekeeping quick if you guys could please rate review comment subscribe share let everybody know about it tell somebody about it tell your friends tell your family wear that shirt out and about on town and and make sure people know about old wall's house got a fun show coming your way we got a big show coming your way we got nfl conference championships to talk about the royal rumble was this weekend. We got that to chat about. We had an incredible golf tournament. We got some college basketball. We got the flyers. We got my passing thoughts. That's going to be the order we go in right there, two people. So without any further ado, let's just get right into this thing. What do you say? Well, let's get to the football. Let's start with the dud, the dud of the conference championship weekend, Eagles Niners, a game. I was really excited for. I was really excited for both games. I was equally, I was almost as equally excited for this Eagles-Niners game. Obviously, I was super excited for Bengals-Chiefs for for obvious reasons. But I was almost just as excited for this Eagles-Niners game. And I felt like we got robbed. I didn't feel like we got robbed. We got robbed. We got robbed of what was going to be a good game when Brock Purdy went down. And it's disappointing because you only get, you get matchups like this every so often. Like a team that can really play the D and run the rock. And another team that can really play the D and run the rock. We we got, we got it stolen from us. Eagles get up early on a, uh, you know, a catch, not really a catch. Cre- I will say this credit to, to Smith in that moment. He knew exactly the scenario. He knew he didn't catch it and he knew they had to get up on the ball and run a play. And he called for it and credit to Jalen hurts and everybody on the, the Eagles, they got up, they ran the next play so fast that at least sitting at home, I didn't even realize. And then all of a sudden they're like, Whoa, Whoa, looking back now we may have a non catch. Like it wasn't even a thought. I mean, you kind of thought it's like, Oh, they're running a, a quick one, but like, I don't know. It didn't process to me. So, Good heads-up play by Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, the rest of the Eagles' offense. They score a couple plays later, and like I said, you know, Brock Purdy gets hurt, and then it's just all downhill for, for, the, for the Niners. They have to bring in Josh Johnson. Let's, let's read off Josh Johnson's career. Comes in the league in 08 with Tampa Bay. Spends three years with Tampa Bay. 08, oh, eight, nine, four, 4 years. Oh, eight till 2011. Gets on the practice squad with the 49ers in 2012. Also plays for the Sacramento Mountain Lions in 2012. Then we have some, some years bouncing around in the NFL. Let's just 12 Browns, 13 Bengals, 14 Niners practice squad, 15 Bengals practice squad, 16, 15 Jets practice squad, 15 Colts. 15 Bills 16 Ravens practice squad 16 Giants 17 Texans 18 Raiders practice squad 18 Redskins 2019 he played for the San Diego Fleet that no idea no idea uh 19 Detroit Lions practice squad 2020 Los Angeles Wildcats 2020 to 2021 49ers practice squad 21 Jets, 21 Ravens, 22 Denver Broncos, and 22 to now the San Francisco 49ers. So he has had multiple stints with the 49ers. Let's see. One in 2012. We go back in 14. There's two. Back again in 2020 to 2021. Three. So he's on his fourth stint with the Niners. Did a couple with the – who else do we have a couple with in there? couple with the Jets, two with the Jets. Just an incredible run. So this is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 21 different stints. I'll let you guys figure out how many teams it is. My, my head's going to hurt from doing all that math. Yeah, so he comes in and plays quarterback for a while. <clears throat> His probably, you know, biggest contribution to the game. Not a good contribution for the Niners, but... He fumbles the snap. Felt like the Niners were still almost in it at this point. The Eagles had scored to make it 14-7, and then he fumbles the snap. They had just picked up like 12 yards towards the end of the second half. He had a guy over the middle. I forget who it was. Was it McCaffrey? Might have been McCaffrey. I don't know. Could have been Debo. Might have, I think it was Debo. Not important. And then he just fumbles the snap. And then all of a sudden, the Eagles have the ball damn near in the red zone. They score. It's essentially over from there. I was kind of watching at this point just to see how much Christian McCaffrey could do. He was trying. He was trying to will his team to victory. By the way, he's good at football. Let's just, let's just throw that out there. He's good at football. 15 rushes for 84 yards and a touchdown. You have any catches? Two catches, 22 yards. And after Purdy, Purdy ends up coming back in. Can't throw. I think he went like three for three, four for four for 23 yards. Especially once Purdy came in, even when Josh Johnson was in, the Eagles were just loading up. They're like, "Dare I? I dare you to pass. Like you're not beating us with the run. Throw it." And then when Purdy came back in, couldn't. Couldn't throw. It. it was like we're bringing the house. <laughs> so Eagles don't have to like. Eagles didn't look impressive, but they didn't need to look impressive. They didn't turn it over. Fifteen to twenty-five from Hertz for one twenty-one through the air. Rushes for another forty. They have a nice day on the ground. Rush for what buck forty, give or take. There is it. rushing yards buck 48. So, I mean, <laughs> 269 yards total. They get three sacks, but again, they don't turn it over. They punt it four times. Like it wasn't a super impressive game, but they dominated the possession possession. They didn't turn it over. And that's all they had to do. That's all they had to do. A couple things to think of coming out of this game. What's the future for the 49ers look like? What's next year? Are we coming back to Trey Lance? Are we going to roll with Purdy? Don't know if that's the quarterback room I'd want in my in my organization. <clears throat> Might be better than the quarterback room that my team, the Packers, are going to have next year, but we'll see. And then Jimmy G's kind of hanging around, but he seemed like pretty... That didn't seem like too big of an issue that they moved him out of the way. We got Trey Lance is going to be coming back off injury. He's a high draft pick. I forget exactly what number. So the organization is going to be dedicated to him. Brock Purdy's there. Brock Purdy, first game he lost all year. And it can be put to injury that he didn't really have a chance to win it. What do they do? Hey, the old saying if you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. I think that'll be interesting. Another note. Another note from this, from this game, the, the Empire State Building was lit up in green and white, which is kind of funny, like from the outside looking in, that the Empire State Building in New York City lit up green and white for the Philadelphia Eagles, after the Philadelphia Eagles just bashed in the heads of the the New York football giants. I mean, in the scope of things, it's not really a big deal, but can you imagine being a Giants fan and you look up, you know, you're out in the city you look up and maybe you've been watching the games (sighs) and you look up and there's the, the empire state building all lit up in green and white. I'd be pissed if I was a Giants fan, man, I'd be pissed. Can't be happening. What's my city doing to me? Oh gosh. One last, one last note. So this is something that I think, There is, there's a valid concern, I think, that leads to this, but then this, this dude is just an idiot, apparently. So I think the valid concern is the 49ers have been playing Brock Purdy. We know he's their third string quarterback, but he's been their starting quarterback for a while now. So you know, your third string guy is in there. Your fourth string guy, who's now your backup is Josh Johnson. I know they were hoping to have Jimmy G back, but I mean, they were hoping maybe this week. Didn't we want to go out and get somebody else? I mean, maybe I know that's not always as easy as it sounds, but hey, you know, it's it's a thing. And this is where it leads. This is where it leads. I recently followed a guy by the name of Aaron Nagler. Nagler? Yeah, Aaron Nagler. I think that's Aaron I can spell and say Aaron. N-A-G-L-E-R. Nagler. Nagler. Yeah, it has got to be it. And he, like, he's he reports a lot of stuff on Packers stuff. So I was like, man, what? I thought I followed him. I thought I followed him. And at some point in the game, <clears throat> this idiot. Here's the tweet. Cap is out there begging for a gig. And the Niners, comma, the Niners, in all caps, sign Josh Johnson zero sympathy and i thought to myself i knew there was a reason i didn't follow this idiot and then he said someone's like oh i was getting bored now i can read these these responses he's like oh i'm muting it you're a pussy first of all if you send out tweets and then mute them because you're too much of a pussy to read the responses you're a giant pussy second of all can we stop with the kaepernick thing It's been six years since he's played football. Six years. Can we please, for the love of God, stop. I shouldn't even be talking about this to breathe life into it. And I'm going to stop. But Aaron Nagler's an idiot. that's why I don't follow him. Okay, let's get over to the game that was fun. The fun game. The Bengals and the Chiefs. I'm going to start out this. I am very happy I am a fan of a team in the NFC. Because the Bengals and the Chiefs are going to derail a lot of organizations. And they're going to get a lot of coaches fired. And they're going to have teams moving on from quarterbacks for the next several years. Mahomes has been here for five years. They've been the five straight AFC championships now. Maybe they're on the tail end of their run. <clears throat> you never know. like Runs in the NFL can can end any minute. But it seems like they still got more to them. Seems like they got more to them. Mahomes is going to be there. They still got Kelsey. Like, it seems like there's more. The Bengals are just getting started, I think. Joe Burrow's young. He's not super young for a quarterback. I think he's, I think he is a little older because of the way his college career went. Let me double check this. Yeah, he's 26. So it's not like he's, you know, 23. But still, plenty of years. I think they're going to be around. There's going to be, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the AFC that are going to do things to try and beat the Col- uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs that aren't necessarily going to be successful and could take teams that were going to win 10 games and, and instead of being okay with winning 10 or 11 games and maybe getting bumped in the in the playoffs and just hoping you get your chance, they're going to take teams that would have won 10 games and try and push them to the teams that win 13-14 and beat these guys. And sometimes that's going to backfire. And they're going to take teams that won 10 games and they're going to fall back to winning six games And coaches are going to get fired, and quarterbacks are going to get moved. Just saying. That's it. On to the game. The Chiefs set the tone early, I thought. They were getting to Joe Burrow, and this was a problem last year, was the line. And they it up in the regular season, but the line has been sketchy again with some injuries in the postseason. They end up sacking Burrow five times. And a crucial one late in the game. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. I don't know if it's their mojo, you want to call it. Their attitude, the style of football they play. I mean, these dudes are out there trying to run hook and ladders in the first quarter. And it was going to work really well if Travis Kelsey had hit the pitch. Travis Kelsey caught that ball like 15 yards downfield and shorted the, shorted the pitch over to the next guy. Or it was probably good for another 10 to 15 yards. It was incredible. And of course... The first touchdown of the game, after some some field goals traded back and forth, is Mahomes finding Kelsey. I think that was on fourth down too. It's just of course, and I, I thought this too. The Bengals got a touch—sorry, uh, a field goal at the end of the second half, and I said to myself, "Man, if you're the Bengals, not a whole lot went right in that first half. Like you got to be feeling pretty good." <clears throat> I don't even remember where the Burrows. Oh, it was to tie of the game. The Burrow and Higgins catch. I wrote down a phenomenal throw and catch by Burrow and Higgins. I forgot to put like a little timestamp on it. And I just remembered it was to tie the game. What a way. And this is where the game just gets going. We just hit that, that next level to the game. Just what a throw by Burrow. What a catch by Higgins. Again, this is why I say this is a team that's going to be here. Then back come the Chiefs. And who are they hitting now? MVS. A former Packer, just out there having himself a day. Just salting my wounds, just pouring it all over him. Six catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. <sighs> just, just putting a knife, knife right in my back. Twist and turns didn't stop coming. You got Mahomes fumbling at the end of the third. <laughs> and it was funny, I just saw the uh, the video where Mahomes says, fuck it, Jamar Chase is down there somewhere, I'll just throw it up to him. That's about what it felt like on the fourth down. I think it was like a 30 or 40 yards, it was like 35, 40 yards, something like that, the fourth down gain down in the deep ball to Chase. Bengals score a couple plays later, and then we get really get into the fuckery when the refs just decide to give... <laughs> the Chiefs a second go at third down. I guess there was a ref running on trying to blow it dead, but man, man, did it look squirrely. That was a tough look. Tough look for the refs. They end up and we we haven't we picked on him a little bit last week when we gave out a award in his honor. We will give that out again here shortly. But then my man, Eli Apple, poor guy, picks up a holding. Luckily the chiefs end up uh, not getting the third down on the next set of the next set of downs and uh, the drive stalls out. So thankfully nothing happened on that. Cause by God, if something had happened on that, that would have been an absolute disaster of epic proportions. There's already people who are like, "Oh, the chiefs it's rigged. It's rigged." By the way, can we get to the, it's rigged. Like there's too much, there's too many people for the NFL to be rigged. I just, I don't get that one. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive, but I just don't think the NFL's right, guys. I don't. Do sometimes the Stars get the the star treatment? Absolutely. Because when Josh Johnson got knocked out of the game, he got tackled, fell on, drove to the ground. They were calling that roughing the passer throughout the year. But when it's Josh Johnson in the playoffs, eh, it doesn't really matter. Had that happened to, <clears throat> to Burrow, to Mahomes, to Hurts, that's probably a penalty. That's probably a penalty. So, Burrow throws an interception. We're, we're doing this whole thing. We've got fumbles. We've got interceptions. Then the Bengals get the ball back. And it feels like this is going to be like, this is it. This is make or break for him. Like we, it's going down and they get backed up. They're in the shade of their own goal line. It's like third and 16 and they pick it up. And in that moment, you're like, this is it. This is the Joe burrow. This is, you know, I thought this was this burrow head. You know, he owns this place. And then it didn't. They stalled out. They didn't get it. They have to punt. And then they let the punt return all the way back to the 50. And then, you know, this is where we got to give out the Eli Apple Award. I feel bad for this guy. He was devastated on the sideline. He fucked up, and he knew it right away. Joseph Osai hits Mahomes late as Mahomes is running out of bounds. Pushes him up in the field goal range. And Butker nails the forty five or forty-five yarder to, to win the game. The Bengals end up doing you know the toss around on the next kick. But man, Joseph Osai, you gotta take the Eli Apple award this week. That was that was bad, man. That was bad. Chiefs finally beat Joe Burrow. First time. They're down one and three against Joe Burrow. Now, that said, there was still a little bit of time. Could the Chiefs have got it farther in the field goal range? Maybe. There was still overtime. The Chiefs could have just got the ball first in overtime and went on and scored a touchdown. And, you know, the Bengals would have got that. I think the Bengals would have got that chance now with the new Super Bowl, but a new overtime rules. But still, that that one's going to sting. Bengals fans are going to remember that, and Joseph Osai is going to remember that for a long time. So we got Chiefs-Eagles. Chiefs-Eagles in the Super Bowl. First line I saw was Eagles minus two. I would... Take the Chiefs if I was betting at this point. We will get more into the Super Bowl next week, but just a quick thought. I'm 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 gonna hop on Chiefs plus two. Give me Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs getting two points. I'm gonna take that. Be very interesting to see where that line is next week. Couple of other NFL notes before we move on. This morning, Kellen Moore was let go as Or sorry, during the game yesterday, Kellen Moore was let go as the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys. Monday afternoon, he was already picked up as the Chargers, who had made an offensive coordinator firing of their own. So Kellen Moore over to the Chargers. Mike McCarthy going to resume play calling duties in Dallas, which is an interesting, interesting thing. He used to call the plays for the Packers, but has not called the plays since coming to Dallas. Speaking of the Packers, according to Adam Schefter, you take it, take it or leave it. The Packers prefer to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So we're at an impasse there. I think Aaron Rodgers has pretty much final say of where he goes. The Jets have made it very clear that they will gladly give up two first round picks for him. And I believe the Jets have the cap room to make the deal happen in that aspect as well, because that's going to be something that holds it up. I had said before that I just don't know if they'd be able to move move his cap, but the Jets seem willing to take the cap as well as make the the draft pick capital available that is needed. And Bill O'Brien is heading back to the Patriots as the offensive coordinator. That's a, I think, phenomenal move for the Patriots. I think Bill O'Brien's a good offensive coordinator. I thought he did a good job at Penn State. Texans weren't really his bag. He didn't really have a quarterback down there either, but he made, he made a mess of that on his own. I think as an offensive coordinator with, with Belichick, I think that could work and they desperately need an offensive coordinator. Like Matt, Patricia can't be your offensive coordinator. He's a defense guy. So, all right, that's what we got for the NFL this week. Plenty more on the Super Bowl next week. We got a whole week to talk about that. So, We'll talk Super Bowl, we'll talk predictions, we'll talk bets, we'll talk prof bets. So, all that good stuff next week for NFL. So, moving on. Time for the Rumble, ladies and gentlemen. And joining me to talk the WWE Royal Rumble, the roommate has returned. Here she is. How you doing? I'm
1: ready. It was best night of the year.
0: Really? Best night of the year?
1: I mean, of all the sports that I'm forced to watch... This is one of the better nights of them.
0: So not best night. You're already retracting your statement.
1: Best night so far.
0: Best night so far. Okay, we're 30 days into the year, so we've got a we've got a front runner for best night of the year. Anything you'd like to say right off the top that uh, that really you were excited for, you were hoping for that you got or didn't get?
1: I'm glad that they started with the men and that it was actually good this year. Because the men's has been mediocre, and I actually have liked the women's more in the past. This year, I liked the men's more. I'm glad we started with that right away. I'm old. I don't want to stay up late watching this at all hours of the night.
0: And you definitely did not. You tapped out before the event was over. Sure did. Long before the event was over.
1: Absolutely proud of it. Okay, good.
0: Well, it, the uh, the event itself started with a, a bang, if you will. Pat McAfee makes his return to the announce booth. Much to the delight of Michael Cole on commentary, he was really playing it up that he was happy to have McAfee back. Corey Graves really playing up that he wasn't happy to have McAfee back. And then we got going right to the Rumble. We started off with Gunther. Gunther. Any thoughts on Gunther? Love the name. Okay, that's the that's the hard hitting analysis we mm-hmm. bring you here for. Mm-hmm. They they really let the ring kind of crowd up. I think up until Brock showed up at number twelve, they'd only eliminated like two people, maybe. So they let Brock kind of come in, clear it out like that. You, I saw you had some notes on Brock.
1: I have many notes on the beginning. Um, Sheamus is just really. I mean, that's what they're giving us women to look at. Is that? disappointing um i'm over the miz i just am i i mean i don't like watch like wwe every week so i'm not like up on all the stuff but like is it kofi is that how we say it yes okay him and his his buddy
0: xavier woods mm
1: -hmm, when they come out their introduction is like a freaking care bear or something like it's just rainbows everywhere it's disturbing and weird Okay, and then Gar Gargano,
0: Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, yep. Yeah.
1: Johnny's outfit is like a teenage mutant teenage ninja mutant turtle, teenage mutant ninja turtle.
0: <laughs> Get it out, and
1: it's that's rough.
0: That could have been what they the kids call cosplay.
1: Mm, okay, mm-hmm. not feeling it. Okay.
0: Not feeling it.
1: Um, but yes, I agree. I really liked that they only eliminated one person. Um, at the beginning, like before Brock, and it's more exciting to have more people in there. And also, how old is he?
0: Brock. Yeah, uh, we can look that how up. He's got to be in his forties now.
1: And why does he have a rat tail?
0: I don't know that you keep calling it a rat tail, and I don't think it's a rat tail.
1: I think that it's partially a rat tail.
0: It's from the top of his head. It can't be a rat tail from the top of your head. It's from the top of his head. Uh,
1: what then? Why does he have like a a mullet? Mohawk. Like, it's just...
0: I no, no it's idea. It's tail. Brock is 45 years old. My God. Steroids are an incredible thing to keep you looking like that just at 45. Disturbing.
1: Does he have a brain? Are, are we sure?
0: Yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure. We're pretty sure? Yeah, I don't think people Boy. can function without one.
1: I don't know, man. It just kind of looks like a body just moving <laughs> aimlessly.
0: I don't think there's anything aimless about Brock Lesnar. Everything is very to the point, Bowl especially the way he, he wrestles. It's like, let's get to it. And I loved I loved when he came in, and then I loved that they set up Bobby Lashley next and that Bobby Lashley knocked him out. I, myself, am very excited for the, the WrestleMania match they've set up with that. I think that'll be fun. It's going to be about five minutes long. It's going to be an absolute finisher fest. There's going to be spears and suplexes and F5s. Somebody's going through, like, the outside a barricade or a table or something. It's going to be just bodies crashing against each other for about five minutes at mania. The entrances are going to take way longer and I'm going to love every second of it. I think you agree. Okay. About the, the next big thing I had was that we kind of rolled through. We got some, we got some of the bigger names started coming in. Seth Rollins. Oh, you liked Otis, right?
1: Oh man. Extra Porky. Extra Porky. He can't put his arms down. The man can't even get his arms down straight. It's like a freaking bird out there flapping his wings about.
0: But he does do a hell of a caterpillar. That's what they call the worm when he does it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: We actually did not get 30 entrants because Rey Mysterio did not decide it was unable to enter. They did not replace him. I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I don't even like Rey Mysterio, but we should have got a replacement. Dominic Mysterio comes out. He sucks, by the way. He is awful. I don't know if you had any thoughts on Dominic Mysterio, but as a wrestler, I can't stand him. I like kind of the rest of the Judgment Day thing. I think what they're doing with Edge and Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor and uh, and Damian Priest. I like all of that, but Dominic Mysterio sucks. Maybe I'm not up on it. I don't watch every week. I'm going to watch this week, but. I don't know. I just cannot stand Dominic Mysterio. And then we got the Booker T. Booker T shows up. My man Book still looking good. He's gotta be like fifty something.
1: He was in and out, right?
0: Yeah, he came in, hit a couple moves, mm-hmm. did the spin a rooney, got tossed. Just the the perfect the uh the perfect uh run for for an old dude. We don't need to focus on it. Booker T, fifty seven. Wow. Fifty seven years old Can for Booker you imagine? T. Ugh.
1: All I have down next for Damien Priest is wearing a corset. That's
0: oh, what I his, wrote his, down. his, what he comes to the ring in? Yeah, yeah. he's
1: wearing a corset.
0: Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, after that, we get Damien Priest, Montez Ford, Edge, kind of skip Edge to that.
1: Edge looks ancient. How old is he?
0: Edge has got to be in his mid-40s, too. He
1: looked, he looked like life is oh, 49. Like
0: time. 49.
1: Time, time is winning against he him. He looks incredible
0: for 49, though. No. Okay. I mean, I think we'll have to agree to disagree. Mm. After that, we get Austin Theory, Almost, Braun. Then our final three, Ricochet, Logan Paul in at 29, which was a oh, surprise. God. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll get there. And then Cody Rhodes in at 30. Cody Rhodes coming back. They announced this. I thought it would have been cooler if they hadn't announced that he was going to be in it. He didn't seem like he got the biggest pop in the world when he showed up. But, you know. I'm gonna say some Logan Paul things here I know you're gonna you're gonna hate' him.
1: well I just can't believe we had number one and number two make it until number twenty eight
0: who's number two um sheamus was in until twenty yeah, eight his
1: pasty ass made it until twenty eight and Gunter
0: was Gunther was twenty nine made it
1: until twenty nine that was I was surprised that they had the first people in for that long that was impressive I will give his pasty butt that. <laughs>
0: I thought Logan Paul, who I thought was out for much longer with the knee injury he had was absolutely incredible in this match. There was a moment where Cody and Seth Rollins had kind of been working a little thing and Logan Paul came in and fucked it up and it was like perfect heel heat. He was the absolute perfect bad guy. I loved that. And then the spot with him and ricochet where they did the cross ring Top rope, springboard, double body, cross body to each other was absolutely incredible. Logan Paul is good at pro pro wrestling. I know you were bitching up a storm. You're like, if he wins, I'm never watching again. I
1: I stand by that. It was okay. I will give it like I'll give the across the ring thing. That is it. That's all I'm going to give it. Other than that, I cannot stand him. I cannot stand that we are giving him attention. We should not be giving him this many words. No,
0: I thought he was phenomenal, and that was one of the best spots I'd seen in pro wrestling in a long time. It was a legit holy fuck moment. I literally screamed that while we were watching, and it was fantastic. Anything else before we get to the kind of the finish of the match here with uh, with Cody or
1: move on from him?
0: <laughs> so Cody and Gunter finish it, finishing up. They have like a, a five to, I don't know exactly how long I wasn't keeping track, like a five to eight minute little mini match at the end, something like that. They were milking it. You weren't you weren't a fan. You thought it went too long?
1: I don't know. I just think they always milk it at the end.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I did love, Cody did hit the Shattered Dreams to Gunter in the corner. You were not as excited as I was for Shattered Dreams. I don't no. think you understood it. And, uh, you know, it, it was pretty obvious Cody was going to win from even my uh, light following as soon as they announced he was coming back for Royal rumble. And even when he went out, I think last year in like June or July or August, whenever it was, it's like, Oh, he's going to be back just in time for Royal rumble. It's a perfect setup for him. And I think they're getting ready to move on from all the bloodline stuff as we saw later in the evening. So sometimes predictable is okay. If it's the right story, I think it's the right story. I'm okay with the, the, the Cody win. And I, I enjoyed the the men's Rumble. I thought you think you I did, did as too. Well.
1: I did as well.
0: I didn't think I paid attention to the other matches at all. No. In between this and then the women's Rumble. No. And I watched the women's Rumble, but I didn't really know who anyone was. I, I was really struggling with that. Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan come in 1-2 and finish 29-30. and 30. And that's about all I had to say about that. Anything on your end, women's no, rumble? I
1: mean, I was falling asleep because I'm an old lady. Um, so that's part of it. But also, yeah, like I just I didn't really know any of them. My favorite girl, Bianca, wasn't in it. So I wasn't like as invested.
0: Noted. Noted. Yeah, so then the next thing I watched, I I I, I think the women's match went the women's rumble, went right into the main event. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. I've been kind of following this bloodline thing for a while. It's been fantastic in my eyes. The match was the match was okay. There was nothing wrong with the match, but the match was obviously a vehicle to get to the post post match. But in the match, they had that spot on the stairs where Reigns was throwing Kevin Owens backwards, his head was like looked like it was bashing off the stairs. That was a a wild spot. But all the main stuff was Setting up for the Reigns, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens thing in the ring afterwards. A great spot. They handcuff Kevin Owens to the to the ropes and the Usos and Solo Sikoa taking it to him. And then Sami Zayn gets handed the chair, and he turns on Roman Reigns, smacks Reigns in the back with the chair. Reigns goes down just like he did when Seth Rollins hit him when Rollins broke up the shield I loved that little callback I don't know if anyone else caught that or if it was even supposed to be that but I thought it was perfect I loved the the J Uso I think I'm getting the Usos correct the J Uso reaction where he walks out I thought the final end of the show was perfect I did think the Rock was going to come out I was I got caught on the hype train it was still great anyway and I'm excited to watch Raw tonight I'm going to watch Raw tonight and see what happens. I'm not going to watch all of Raw. I'll probably watch it on, you know, recorded and just fast forward to the Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn stuff. But I'm excited. I had a great time watching the Rumble. I give it a, I give it an eight out of ten on the night. What about yourself?
1: I would agree. I, I think eight out of ten is fair.
0: All right. Well, that's what we had for the Royal Rumble. Are you excited for anything moving forward to WrestleMania? You don't get as excited for Absolutely WrestleMania. Absolutely not. Okay. I like the
1: Royal Rumble, and that's pretty much it. I will watch. WrestleMania. Other than that, absolutely not. Could give two shits.
0: Yeah, you were not into <laughs> WrestleMania last year when Stone Cold came out, and I was watching in the hotel room as we were coming back from South Carolina.
1: Yeah, no. After a twelve-hour car ride, I would prefer silence.
0: Huh, you didn't get it. So, all right. Well, that's all for the Royal Rumble. Moving over to the golf now. Pro wrestling to golf—that's quite the quite the jump. I I dare you to find many more podcasts in the world that are going to run coverage of the Royal Rumble this week, followed by coverage of the, the Farmers Open at Torrey Pines. Can't be that many of us out there in the world. I uh, got to imagine if you are a golf fan and a pro wrestling fan, there's not many places for you to go to scratch that itch at the same time. So Max Homa, kind of not out of nowhere because there weren't a ton of people at the top, but from five back. On Saturday, final round on Saturday, comes back and wins the, the Farmers. Is it the Farmers Open? Is it the Farmers Championship? The Farmers? I think it's the Farmers Open. Uh, Farmers Insurance Open. Farmers Insurance Open. Okay, so Farmers Open. You're we close. <clears throat> Before we get to Sunday, I knew I was going to do that. Before we get to Saturday, at the end of the third round, home ahead made two bogeys coming in in this round. And I kind of thought to myself, I was like, mm, shit, those are tough. Those are tough bogeys to be making. You're kind of playing yourself back out as Sam Ryder was kind of walking away for him, with it. He made a very big birdie on 18 on Friday night, end of the third round, to keep himself in it. And it, it's crucial. It just, the momentum kind of got started there. I saw it happen. I was like, that's huge. We'll see if he's got enough. Turns out he does. Started the final round five back. He started at eight. No, he started at seven. He was at seven. Yeah, he was at seven, and Sam Ryder was at 12. At the end of the front nine, he had himself a very nice front nine. He was tied for the lead. A little 4-under, 32, heading out. Only made one bogey on the day and quickly made a bounce-back birdie a couple holes later. Made three twos. Three twos on Saturday. That's, what a, what a way. So tied after the front nine. He also took the lead when he made birdie on 11, I believe and then took it over for good when he made birdie on 16 sam riders back on 15 has to get up and down from like 40 yards short of the green and i don't i don't know if i want to say he he totally sculled it but he caught it a little little light a little thin knocked it back into the rough just beyond the green there is a little bit of a complaint you could say about the high rough around the greens that the ball just stops there and that these guys are so good that they can just get it up and down from there and that we be better off with shave stuff. Well, Sam Ryder wasn't quite good enough on the 15th on Saturday to get that thing up and down, especially when those pins get back and tucked next to those really high graphs around the greens. I don't think that's as easy as some of the people who have complaints about it, make it out to be. We get the lot of It's poor design. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, you try getting it out of ankle-high rough to a tucked pin, and you got two feet to land it. So Sam Ryder makes double there, and and his day is essentially over after that happens. He ends up, Sam Ryder ends up finishing T4 at 9-under, shoots 75. He was even par for the day going into 15. And then that, that double really killed him. Like I said, he was he was tied for the lead, make par. You've got, you know, 16, 17 are tough, but you got 18 that's a birdie hole out in front of you. Just can't get it done. It's tough to win on the PGA Tour. It's tough to close. Morikow and Bradley tried to kind of make a push for it. Keegan Bradley had himself a day. He shot six under. Made a hell of a push on the back nine. He shot 32 out back. Birdied on 10, birdies on 10, 13. 14 and then 17 makes par on 18 after kind of pulling one into the, the bunker left there was a lot of room right of the pin and there always is at that traditional sunday pin down in the front i was surprised how many people were left of the pin when you had the kind of room you could have putted it two, kind of knocking it on there two putts were ready hey Always easier in my position, but I'll just knock it on the the middle right half of the green and just two putts for birdie from there. Yeah, I know I'm the jackass at home that can't break fucking 80. So I I get it. I get it. Trust me. Max ends up. Max goes for it on 18 when he's up one, I'm screaming at the TV. Just lay it up, lay it up. He didn't, he knocked it over and gets it up and down makes birdie. Just fantastically played whole. Like I said, closing 66. What a round. What a round. I think there were. Hang on. I've got some stats here. I've got some stats. I got to find them deep buried in my phone here. I may find it. Maybe not. Ah, here we go. Only 11 players broke par on Saturday, and only three people shot better than three under. Max Homa, Keegan Bradley, and Jason Day. How about it, Jason Day, with a nice little finish, a little four under for an eight under total. T seven. He does play well here, so see if that uh, that carries over at all. Final group, the matter. Kind of a tough day for John Rahm. He shoots two over. Felt like this was his tournament to win. He started the day two back of of Sam Ryder, and it just never he just got off to a rough start bogey's one doubles five makes a birdie on 6 follows right back up with a bogey on 7 and he's out in in three over and and never was a factor he made a couple of late birdies too par's 18 but he, he birdies 14 and 17 to to kind of sneak back up closer than he you know makes it appear better than he did Morikawa, I I thought it just felt like he was kind of scabbing it around, and he finished solo third, three back, 10 under. Not a bad, you know, not a bad weekend for him if it doesn't have his, you know, didn't feel like he had his A game. Shot 69 on Saturday, 70 on on Friday, even par 72 on on Thursday. (laughs) I'm all screwed up on these days. And then a 67 to start on Wednesday. Didn't feel like he had his best stuff in his middle rounds. And even on Saturday, it didn't feel like he had his greatest stuff. So interesting. Something to keep an eye on if he can get his, his kind of stuff all together. Cause if he can putt, well, all of a sudden, you know, he pures it all of a sudden, it's just going to happen for him. Let's talk a little more Max Homa. Cause this guy's got it going on. There's a number of different stats you can pull to here. <clears throat> Max Homa is only the fifth player on the PGA tour to win six or more times since May of 2019. The other people on that list, Rory Rory McIlroy has eight, Pat Cantlay, seven, Rom, six, Justin Thomas, six. I believe that's his sixth as well. Max Homa has been inside the top five of a PGA tour event going into the final round eight times in his career. T4 coming in to Saturday. He has shot rounds of 67 or better six times and has won five times. So when this guy gets in contention, he plays well. That that, that stat, I think, is very impressive. The fact that he gets into the top five on the final round and doesn't will for the most part. Five wins, six rounds of 67 or better. Two times he did not show up. Maybe, I don't even know what those two were, but six times he for sure showed up. PGA Tour wins since January 1st of 2021. So two plus years, a little over two years of PGA Tour golf. Non-team wins. Rory, five. Homa at four with a list of other people. Rom, Cantley, Scheffler, Finau, and Sam Burns. Sam Burns, kind of sneaking in there. Some other people at three. Uh, Cam Smith, Hadeki Matsuyama, and Xander, if you count the Olympics. So very impressive stats for for Max Homa. A dude who seems to be kind of really finding his groove. Fun thing to note, the U.S. opens at L.A. Country Club this year. Max Homa shot a course record 61 there as a senior in, in college, I believe. I think they have revamped the course a little bit and have done some some changes and and different renovations. I'm not sure, don't quote me on that, but I think that's it still. Nice place for him to be going back to to kind of have that feeling. The Dubai Desert Classic was also happening. And Patrick Reed was being Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed, after not having seen Rory in a while, decides to go up and try and talk to him. Rory decides not to. Patrick Reed kind of flicks a T down at him. We get T gate. That was all really stupid. And Rory is like, yeah, I don't want to talk to the dude. His lawyer served me on Christmas Eve. That's a dick move. First of all, this lawyer seems to be a complete and total shit bag, which is fitting because Patrick Reed is complete and total shitbag. How do we know this? He was trying to cheat again. He did, uh, he hit his ball into a tree and I haven't dug into the super in-depth, but there is questions about which tree the ball goes in and he somehow identified that he was a hundred percent correctly identifying his ball from the ground. I think he had binoculars and it is very questionable. It is very questionable. I pose this question to a couple of different people. How often do we think Patrick Reed cheats when he plays golf? Because there are instances after instances that we know about, and he gets caught doing it on camera. Most of his rounds are on camera, but there's times when he's kind of off on his own. I said, does he cheat every other round? Does he cheat every third round? Does he cheat every round? One one answer was, as often as possible. And the other answer was a lot because he gives zero fucks about high def cameras. If he gets caught cheating this much, he's cheating constantly. Has to be. Maybe lining myself up for a uh getting served myself here. We'll never know. We'll never know. But yeah, Rory holds him off. And it's funny that every like Patrick Reed was like banging on Rory so much because it was funny. I saw somebody. Brendan Porath tweeted out, worth noting, Rory, relative to most, has stood up for slash defended Reed in the past. Here's a quote. A lot of people within the game, it's almost like a hobby to sort of kick him when he's down. End quote. On moving sand at the hero. Quote, I've had great interactions with Patrick. I certainly don't think there was intent. End quote. I think there is intent, Rory. He's a fucking cheater. And he can go cheat his ass off and live in that fucking irrelevant tour. But Rory ends up holding on and beating Pat Reed. Shame, 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 shame that Pat lost. All right, that's all for the golf. We got the AT&T Pebble Beach next week. Tough field, tough field. I think the the Saudi the one Saudi Open that's not actually part of the live tour event is next week as well. I don't know if what the PGA tour guys are, but with the designated, I think that's what they're calling it, event in Phoenix the following week, I think we're getting a lot of people off. So we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. No worries. We'll uh no football this weekend. So we'll we'll definitely talk about the golf. Flyers update. I'll tell you guys what. I don't know if there's a more proficient team in the league than the Flyers in overtime. I mean, it's incredible. They are so bad in overtime, its I don't even understand. I think they're 1-9 now in overtime, just off the top of my head. I think they've won one game in overtime. Let me see if I can. I think it's just the one. Just the one single win. Yeah, I mean, I can't find it. Yeah, they beat the San Jose Sharks just before New Year. I think that's the only overtime win. They lost two games in overtime this week. A 4-3 loss to the Kings and a 3-2 loss to the Wild. I fell asleep the Wild game. That, one of the reasons I picked the Flyers to like as a team, they play on the East Coast predominantly, so their games start at 6, not 7. When your games start at 6, they end at about 8.30. When your game started at 7, they ended about 9.30, and then we got to add a little overtime on that. We're going to stretch it out a little bit. So that's a little past my bedtime. And then they bounce back and beat the Jets 4-0 on Saturday. Had that on the little TV wall, I was watching the Rumble. Every time I look over, whoop, another goal, whoop, another goal. But uh, a one in two week, those of us rooting for the Flyers to lose would call this, you know, anytime we get to overtime, we're, we're viewing that as positive. 21, 21, and nine. Miles better than the 15 and 32 and three Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's see what the overall standings. They're, they've really moved up a lot and really kind of screwed themselves. They've moved up to 22nd overall. One of my other teams I considered the Detroit Red Wings there at 23rd. Of the teams I consider that have done well now, I I briefly thought about Vegas, but too far. West, I do not want the late games. Uh Toyed with the Wild a little bit. And I toyed with the Nashville Predators. Nobody really great. Wild would have been my best guess. But yeah, so we got three more games this week. They are playing the Islanders right now. My thing wasn't updated, so I don't have a score here. Let me double check what the score is for the Islanders game. Wait a second. Oh, no, we're off. We're off. We are off for the All-Star break. I was looking at all this. I totally screwed up my whole thing. I screwed up my whole segment here, but I'm going to leave it right in here so you guys can just laugh at my stupidity. Off off for the All-Star break. Next game is Monday, February 6th. They got four at home in a row. Uh, Islanders on Monday, Oilers on Thursday. Preds on Saturday and the Kraken on Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, early games, So we'll talk about all that again next week. So we'll be back with Flyers next week to report nothing. Just talk about those. A little college basketball now. A little college basketball. The Heels. Light week this past week, they had one game. They headed to the Carrier Dome. What's it called now? I don't even know what the Carrier Dome's called now. They changed the roof, changed the name. It's not the carrier dome, whatever it is now. And they picked up a good win, a fun game to watch, fun game to watch. 72-68 win over Syracuse. I've got to eat a little crow here. Even my man Pete Nance, he was looking good. Led the team in scoring 21 points, I believe. (coughs) Love the way Baycott was running the floor. He was getting up and down. Helping them kind of get out and go. And you got your big man filling the lane, running the floor. It's a good sign. Caleb Love was shooting it a little better. Good sign to see. He kn- he knocked down a couple threes early in the game. Heels on a decent little run here. They've won four in a row. They've only lost one time in the new year. And dating back to December 13th, coming out. Uh, yeah, if you go back to December 13th. Thir- if you go to a- a- December, they've only lost three games since this. De- since December. Lost to Virginia Tech December 4th. Lost at Pittsburgh December 30th. And then lost at Virginia. They're undefeated at home. On the road, not so much. Two and four. 15 and six overall. A couple of losses at neutral sites. Got a rematch against Pittsburgh on Wednesday. They're going to be hosting the Pitt Panthers. And then Saturday, they had those eight miles down Tobacco Road. Duke. Duke. Only the third time in this century that Carolina and Duke are going to match up. Neither team ranked. Happened back in 2020, 2021. Another rough year for both of them. So uh, a lot of the rough years. Duke is having a little bit rougher just ever so slightly rougher time in the ACC. They're 6 and 4, Carolina 7 and 3, same win-loss record 15 and 6. Carolina fourth overall in the ACC, a win over Pittsburgh. They'd get to 8 and 3. Pittsburgh would fall to 8 and 4, so they jump them. And then the only other teams ahead of them are Virginia at 8 and 2 and Clemson at 10 and 1. They get another shot at Virginia and they get a shot at Clemson this year hosting both games coming up Clemson is Saturday February 11th so not this Saturday but the following and then two Saturdays after that February 25th Virginia they also play Miami who's the only other ranked team other than Clemson and Virginia in the ACC Miami actually seven and four and six in the ACC so Carolina while not ranked and I I was a little peculiar about that I was looking at the rankings. Not a lot of ACC teams ranked. Must The ACC obviously having a down year in the eyes of the voters. So a, a decent little stretch here for the Heels to keep winning. They got Pittsburgh, a winnable game. Duke's a winnable game. It's going to be tough at Cameron Indoor, obviously. I, I haven't watched a ton of Duke. I know they were down their point guard Roach at one point. So it will be interesting to see how that goes. Wake Forest, which is uh, another winnable game. And like I said, Clemson and Miami, again, hosting both of those games. They have to go then to NC State. That'll be a tough one. Then to Notre Dame. They're not very good. Host Virginia. They go to Florida State, who also not very good. And then host Duke. So they've got a lot of their big games at home for the rest of the year. I think they can go on a nice little run. They can position themselves well. I don't know if they're going to be able to win the ACC, But if they win out, which is asking a lot, it can be done. If they just lose a couple of games, I don't know. It would be tough to see Clemson losing four games for the rest of the year here. But, hey, stranger things have happened. This is, you know, coming out of the Duke loss last year in Carolina, this is where their fortunes changed. Maybe they can kind of pick it up. They've been playing a little bit better, I thought. The ACC's not an absolute gauntlet they've got you know two duke games and then three of the best teams still left but splitting home and home with duke but all the other tough games are at home outside of maybe nc state it's set up pretty nice for them if they're gonna do it it's set up well for them uh west virginia i was watching my team my dark horse team the auburn tigers they headed to uh to west virginia And they got beat. They got beat good. Number 10 for West Virginia. I forgot to look up his name. He was filling it. Some white dude. Was just filling it up. I don't want the 2009, 2010. WVU Athletics men's basketball roster. This is what we're looking for. Number 10. They can't just Eric Stevenson, fifth year. Full bio. What do, we, what do we got with this guy? I think he scored 31, 32 points. Played at South Carolina last year. Started every game and averaged 11.6 points and 4.7 rebounds. Well, he had himself a day. He had himself a day to take down my dark horse team, the Auburn Tigers. Go, Tigers. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. I was going to take a quick peek, uh, Purdue unanimous. Number one, 21 and one rest of the top 10, Tennessee, Houston, Alabama, Arizona. I've watched Arizona play. They're pretty solid. Virginia at six. They've come up K state, Kansas. They're hanging around. They had a rough week last week, three losses, UCLA, Texas, Baylor, Gonzaga. And like I said, not many ACC teams in there down here for the ACC. All right. That's all I got for college basketball. We're creeping up on March, people. We're creeping up on it. Fight game. I got a good fight game to report. I watched a great fight on Saturday. Saturday afternoon. God, I love afternoon fights. I have to stay up to like 1 a.m. Arthur Betterbiev defends his three belts at light heavyweight in a really fun fight. <clears throat> He's matched up with Anthony Yard. Many thought this to be a mismatch. I thought it to be a mismatch. And I thought it would end a little quicker and be a little more definitive the whole way through. That said, I maybe a couple different points I got, I got worried for better BF. I was like, ooh, he's in a little trouble. He's in a little trouble. But for the most part, I thought he was controlling it. After the third round of the fight, there were, some cards I had it 3-0 Anthony Yard, and I had it 3-0 Better BF, but I felt like at that time, Better BF was dominating the fight, like, in the long run. He may not have been winning the rounds on some people's cards, he's winning them on mine, but I thought he was breaking down Anthony Yard. Now, right after I, like, made those notes, Anthony Yard started stringing together um, a couple shots, stung Better BF with, like, a left hook, and then... Immediately walked right into it right hand over the top and the tables automatically flipped. It felt like every time Anthony Yard started walking Better B down towards the corner, Better B would flip it and then start just hammering Anthony Yard in the corner. So uh, I was I was very impressed with the way Better Bev got himself out of the corner. He had a good round in the fifth and was coming forward, Anthony Yard, that is, and again, right at the end. Better BF flipped it, closed with an absolute fury. I thought he had enough. So I have Better BF winning the first four rounds. And then I had uh, Yard winning the fifth and sixth. I thought he was looking strong. But even in those, there were moments where Better BF started to sting him. And I said, I was like, I thought this was over after three. I thought Better BF was doing exactly what we want. And then in the seventh round... There was Anthony Yard just there to fight. But then. Better be Have just started laying it on him. There was a, f- there was a flurry in the 7th round. Where he landed I think 4 or 5 shots. That were hard looking shots. And I was surprised Anthony Yard stayed up. Both men were cut. It was a great action fight. <clears throat> and then in the 8th. Better be Have knocks him down. And I thought a fantastic stoppage from Anthony Yard's corner. It was just the right hand that got him. And then. It was it was going to get ugly, and I'm glad his corner stepped in and stopped it because I thought it was going to get really ugly at the end of the fight through seven, not scoring the eighth, obviously because it ends there. I had it five two, five rounds to two for better BF. That was not what the other judges saw. It I thought this was a little fuckery. Better BF went to England, went to Anthony Yards back backyard, and I thought it was eating kind of some tough judging. Judge Junbei Lim had it the complete opposite direction, 5-2 for Archer Better BF. I don't know if we agreed on a single round. The third round, we agreed on the third round, the third and fourth round we saw for Better BF. Judge Robin Taylor had it four rounds to three for Anthony Yard. We agreed on the seventh round. And then Jerome Lads actually had it four rounds to three for better BF. We agreed on many of the rounds. The only round we disagreed on was the second. He gave that to Yard. Now, granted, the first couple rounds, I'm not getting too worked up because those were kind of weird rounds. There were there there were swing rounds. I thought they could have, you know, they could have gone either way. Now it's only January, but that's going to be a fight of the year candidate. That was as uh, that was a good fight. I enjoyed myself watching it. For the love of all that's holy in this world, give us Bevol Better BF next. For the love of God, give us Bevol versus Better BF next. I know Callum Smith's out there and he's petitioning that he wants a shot. He's the mandatory for one of Better BF's belts. Just give us the fucking unification and Callum Smith can take the winner. Just give it to us. Better be have, be have is the is the best fight in the division. There's no doubt about it. The problem, it doesn't sell worth a shit. It's two Russians with not a whole lot of personality. I don't know if they have, you know, between the two of them, they may have about a tenth of the personality needed to sell the fight. But it's the best fight. Maybe, do it in Montreal. That's where better be have has lived. He pulls decent crowds there. Put it on ESPN Plus. I don't think they need. I don't think these guys require a ton of money, but it's just not going to make a lot of money. Is the problem? So hopefully we can get by that and we can get it because Callum Smith makes more money because they can throw that in England. He's a bigger name there. But please, please, for the love of God, don't be boxing. Don't boxing yourself. Boxing better be at versus Bevil in the fall. I think we got to wait till Better BF be comes off of. Uh, he's a Muslim, so Ramadan. He, can't, he won't fight during that, so just give us that. Other boxing, Alexis Rocha, K.O.'s George Ashi. He's looking to fight Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford was meeting with the guys at Golden Boy. Alexis Rocha's a Golden Boy fighter. We're not getting uh, Spence Crawford, so just fucking throw that one out. Spence Spence isn't going to fight Jaron Ennis or Virgil Ortiz. Neither is... Sorry, Crawford isn't going to fight Virgil Ortiz or Jaron Butsannis. Neither Spence. That's why he's jumping up to one fifty four. And I think the Charlo brothers are going to bump up as well. Um, the Jermel Charlo, who's at fifty four, I think he's going to sixty. Jamal Charlo is going to sixty eight. That whole group of people—they're all trained by the same guy. They're not going to end up in the same division. So, so there's all that. So, with all that said, people are like bitching about Alexis Rocha and Terence Crawford. What else he going to do? What else are we going to do? Spence uh, Spence Crawford ain't happening. They're also not fighting Boots or Virgil Ortiz. It's the best. It's the best of a bad situation. UFC this weekend. My balls is hot. It's back. Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak. They're gonna lead a a card. I don't know where the hell this fight is, but the main card starts at midnight, 12 a.m. Central Time. So 1 a.m. on the East Coast. I'll have to catch that one on the uh, the replay. My balls is hot. My balls is hot. Anyone else good on this card? Must be somewhere in Asia. Does that make sense time-wise? Because a lot of the fighters on the undercard seem to be of Asian descent. Even on the main card, there's a couple of Asian guys that I've never heard of. So must must be over there in that part of the world. Alright, that's all I got for fights. I don't think we got any good boxing this coming week. It could be wrong, but Derek Lewis. See if he can uh, knock out Sergey Sergey Spivak. Don't like his chances, but you never know. Let's uh let's get some passing thoughts in here. What do you guys think? What do you think? Passing thoughts time. Guys, I got a haircut. I don't know, a week ago now. Maybe a little more. And it's finally it's finally getting to the point. Where it's, I always think that the best my hair looks is about a week or two after a haircut. Don't know about you guys. But like the first week, it's almost like it's a little too short. But I don't want to let it, like I don't want to tell them to let it be a little longer. Because then I'm going to be back in there sooner. So I'm kind of cheap. I I feel like I go to get my hair cut enough. So it gets cut a little short. But like a week in, like a week or two in, it like hits the perfect length where the top lengthens up. But the sides are still short enough, you know. You don't have hair falling over your ears or it's nice and it's nice and tight, nice and sharp. I don't know. maybe I'm alone. Maybe I should just get my hair cut at a better like maybe I should just tell him, let it go a little longer up top so that, it, that, that I don't have to wait for it to grow out a week or two to be at the right length. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Been watching The Wire, catching back up on The Wire lately. I had watched some episodes for a while. I don't know. Uh, I had had HBO Max on a trial basis, had watched some show episodes, really enjoyed it, then didn't have HBO Max for a while, got it back, back in August to to watch House of Dragon, had just got around, hadn't gotten around to doing much else on there, started watching The Wire, I don't know, maybe a month and a half, maybe a month, a month and a half, two months ago, God, it's a good damn show, I had just, fin- I think I had finished the second season. When I, yeah, I finished second. I think I just started the third season. I restarted the third season. Started right from the beginning when I started this new run. So, yeah, maybe about a month and a half, six weeks ago. Maybe two months. Could be like two months now I've been watching this. Good, Good, What a good show. Very, very interesting how they don't use any, like, all the music is stuff you hear from, like, what's happening. There's no music played over top. Very cool. Very cool. While watching The Wire, you know what I get, You know what I make? Make some homemade popcorn. Homemade popcorn is so good. It's ruined all other popcorn for me, I feel like. Not all other popcorn. Obviously, movie theater popcorn does not get ruined. That is just top notch. But homemade popcorn, with a little oil on the stove, a little oil in a pot, throw in your, your corn kernels, pop it up, just melt a touch of butter and drizzle that over at the end with a little salt. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. That is delicious. I love me some popcorn. But yeah, bag, just microwave popcorn just doesn't cut it anymore now that I've done this. I've ruined myself. I've ruined myself. Call me some Penn State wrestling Friday night. I feel like I watch about one wrestling, like real wrestling, like amateur wrestling, one wrestling match a year. I feel like it's whenever Penn State and I will face off, I watch that. It feels like they're like ranked one, two in the country all the time. And it's usually pretty awesome. Great match. This one was no different. Came down. I don't know shit about wrestling. I know two takedowns, escapes, back points. You know, there's a couple of different types of ways you can win. Decision, major decision, tech fall, fall, flash pin. So I know I know the basics. I don't know strategy for shit, but I know I'm excited. I'm excited when I watch the big ones. This one came right down to the final match. Iowa could have won with a pin in the final match. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. Penn State beats Iowa. Good. No one likes Iowa. No one likes Iowa. You know what else no one likes? Fat personal trainers. At least I don't. I saw this reel. So he's like, have you been looking for a fat personal trainer? Well, I'm your girl. And when we, I don't mean fat. I mean obese, like just sloppy fucking obese, like one of the people that looks like it should be on my 600 pound life. I'm supposed to take health and fitness tips from you. Fuck off. Hey, I- I'm carrying a little extra around your boy here. Hey, I- I'm not sure. Tr- I'm not going to be the one out there trying to tell anybody what they should be doing in the gym. You know when I can tell somebody what they should be doing in the gym? When they look at me and be like, God damn, what are you doing in the gym? I want a fat personal trainer. Get the fuck out of here, especially if you're obese. Stop it. Why 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 do we have these things? The, now, granted, the reel I saw was making fun of her, thank God. And it was like, I'm your blind driving instructor. It's about what it's that's about what it's equal to. Fat personal trainer. Jesus Christ. What's going on in this world? You wanna hear something? <laughs> I do this, I feel this, this, I should have a reoccurring segment in Passing Thoughts where it's like things that fuck me up with time because it bothers me, like how often this stuff happens. You guys are probably oh, here he goes, he's talking about time again and how he doesn't realize what actually fucking year it is. Well, here it is, 1980. 1980 is the same distance away from today, 2023. As 1980 is away from 1937. 2023 is 43 years away from 1980. And is 43 and 1980 is 43 years away from 1937. Things like this hurt me. It's like when you find out that Cleopatra lived closer to people walking on the moon than like the construction of the the pyramids. Those things. They mess with me. I find them super interesting. So you're gonna keep hearing about dumb shit like this is every time it happens. It's like that um that 70s show, they did the spin-off that 90s show, and it's like the same difference in time as when that 70s show came out, that is now that 90s show. Just things like that. Oh, other things that make me hate the world. Let me let me find this. School uniforms. You want to guess? Here we go. It's from a USA Today Instagram post. Students and experts say school uniforms are now, wait for it, wait for it, sexist, mm -hmm, racist, yes, and classist. Why? Why are there people like this in the world? First of all, everything's racist. We know that. I'm. I don't even like most hung up about the racist part because fuck it, everything's racist. Why not? I'm going there. Classist. Classist though. Classist. School uniforms are classist. School uniforms are the fucking opposite of classist. School uniforms just stop class because everybody wears the same fucking thing you can't have somebody who can afford nicer clothes wearing nicer clothes making the kid who can't afford nicer clothes feeling bad about it they just all wear the same thing why do we live why are some people the way that they are why does that happen i don't know why it happens You know, it's funny. I was just thinking to myself, I had seen some, like, Kawhi laughing memes. I was like, I haven't heard anything about Kawhi Leonard playing basketball lately. And then, all of a sudden, two days ago, Tomar Azarli tweeted this. Kawhi Leonard's last 10 games, and my man's filling it. He's gone for 29, 33, 24, 30, 27, 36, 30, 25, 27, 32. Has no less than four rebounds in any game. Most games are eight, nine, or seven. Assists, a bunch of games with four assists, seven assists there a couple times, couple threes. My man's filling it. Just didn't know. Just didn't know about Kawhi. I've found that I like snow now in the winter. Like, if it's going to be cold, I've come to the point where I'm like, there might as well be snow on the ground. You want to know a sick thing, too? We got, like, seven, eight inches of snow the other day. And I was excited because I got to use my blower. Like, I've come to like snow, apparently. So, you know what else I like? A good hot dog. Nothing beats a good hot dog. Even if you got to cook it out in that snow. So, nothing beats a good wiener. All right. That's what I'm leaving with you on. Nothing beats a good wiener. Closing time, everybody. That's it for this week. I want to say thank you guys to everybody. I appreciate everyone who comes back and listens every week. I continue to have a good time with this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the listens. I hope you guys are continuing to enjoy the the pod as much as I am. So thank you guys. We're coming back next week. We'll be here. I'm hoping to have on uh, someone to talk with me about some betting for the Super Bowl, hopefully uh, we'll we'll get him on. Um, I think you guys know who we're hoping for. Let's see if he can redeem himself. Uh, not confirmed, not confirmed, but hopefully we'll we'll get him locked up. Also got some golf to talk. Probably talk a little wrestling again, kind of in WrestleMania season. Might be talking about it a little more. I'm enjoying it. So, all right, everybody. Um, college basketball too. College basketball is kind of rolling. Definitely gonna be talking that UNC Duke. So, all right. Enough rambling on here. Till we see you again. Peace.